you know. From way downtown, we're back, baby. It's the 2021 NBA Make Fantasy Basketball Great Again. First podcast of the year. Still no sponsors, shocking enough. Uh, today, we are unofficially sponsored by Michelob Ultra. Just goes down smooth with every Chiefs victory this year. All right. So I'm joined today by uh, John Best Friend Bowman, as he's known to my phone. Others know him as JB. Other na- teams know him as Free Joe Exotic. Welcome in, John. Hey, it's good to be here, man. In the words of one of my hosts, Joe Exotic, people don't come to see the Tigers. They come to see me. Wow, that's so good, dude. Jerry, the number guy, he's back. You love him. No one really loves him but me and John. You mostly hate him. The numbers guy, he's back, baby. Here to share some numbers and hurt some feelings. Let's start hurting some feelings, Jerry. So, We'll go ahead. We'll dive right in. John already called me out on the uh, Facebook page about two of the three of us prepared, blah, blah, blah. Like, why do you got to say that? Everyone clearly knows Coot's the one that's not prepared. So with that being said, I'm just going to hand off the reins here for to Jerry, the numbers guy, and I'll just shoot from the hip like I always do. Go ahead, Jerry. All right. So for the second year in a row, we did our ESPN projections total rankings. So how these rankings are compiled, I want to reiterate, these are not our numbers. Us three did not. They're just ESPN projections. A little confusion on that last year. So we essentially, we took the totals and the totals factor in how many games the experts at ESPN think these guys are going to play. So if your guys are already on the IR to start the year, all that's factored in. And it's taken the totals for the entire season. I sum them all together and then assign them to teams and then rank order them. There are a few caveats before we get started. There were a few people that had their rankings done before news came out. So think like Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, uh, I think John Wall as well. So, and some people like a 30% handicap on their numbers, but the list. So, is, so to be clear, so those players, they were still factored in, but just at 30% of what their projections were. Correct. So like Kyrie okay. Irving is at 30% of his total ESPN projection numbers. You might could argue they'd be less than that. We don't know. We'll talk about it. But anyway, so I, I gave a few players 3% handicap if some news came out afterwards. And then there's a few players that, based upon where they were picked, don't have numbers at all. So think like Jaden McDaniels, ESPN didn't even give him numbers. So I had to give the guy numbers. So I basically took like someone who was, you know, last place on someone else's team or close to last place, the same position, and assigned the numbers to him. So everyone got the, the max of roster spot full of numbers, even if ESPN didn't assign you them. Uh, so we're, we're well, comparing. okay, Jerry, I'm just going to cut you off there for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell me that uh, someone pooped their pants in the draft without specifically saying someone pooped their pants in the draft? What better way than saying like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you know, McDaniels, you know, uh, yeah, he didn't have any projections because he's really not going to play. Uh, so he's going to be all zeros this year. So that's that's what's factored into the spreadsheet. Well, this feels fitting because why don't we just start with number 10? All right. So Uh-oh. you guys get the idea. Uh, yep. I, I Let me uh, jump back in. So we're going to do our power rankings our top 10 power rankings. And we're going to go through each team and then also where they where we think they went well in the draft, where they might have gotten a steal or where they might have 
uh, in lack of a better term, where they really just pooped themselves. They just it was their turn on the draft board, and they just laid a big old deucer. So that's where we uh, are going to do today. So we're going to start at number ten. So if you're number ten, that is not good for you. So with that being said, why don't we start off with Team Greco at number ten, Jerry? Yep. So Greco is currently ranked in last place, and this is leading to him coming in last place in field goal percentage, last place in free throw percentage, last place in assists, and last place in ATO. He does have top five within some categories. You know, his team is good at rebounds, it's good at blocks, so has a, a foundation to it. But uh, there were a few picks in the later round that maybe he thinks has some upside, but uh, ESPN didn't didn't like him too much, and so. That's why he's uh, rounding us out at, at the 10th spot. What do you have on this team, John? Yeah, I mean, I get it because he starts Tatum in, in AD, right? That's – I have a start. Vucevic always scores well on PR. Jalen Brown, Christian Wood. First five picks, pretty good. I even have AD as a steal. To get him at 16th um, is, is huge, right? I mean, AD has been a top five draft pick the last, like, five years. Um yeah, maybe his numbers were down a little bit last year. Maybe Russ is there, but he's still Anthony Davis. He's still going to get like four stocks and great rebounds, great percentages, make three. I mean, I don't need to keep talking about AD. But then you see Kevin Porter, which there's some upside. Isaac, who doesn't have a timetable and doesn't have the vaccine. Um, Kuzma, Keldon Johnson, Oladipo. I mean, Oladipo is the first dirty diaper on the, on the board here for Greco. I mean, I, I just, you know, I was like looking at this pick and – in the 10th round. And I was asking myself, like, how many IR spots would I have to have before I drafted Oladipo this year? And I was thinking the number is probably between like six or seven, you know, it's like not with three, <laughs> not for the life of me with three IR spots in my draft and Oladipo. Uh. And then it's Tyrese Maxey and then Jaden McDaniels. Like I, I literally like love the NBA. I, I think I could name 10 or 12 guys on every roster. And I had to look this guy up and it wasn't even like the last round. And he's like, I just – there's better guys on wires right now. And he took him 127th um, out of 180 guys. So, I just that, – that felt like a massive dump to me. It's rough, man. I uh, – and look, uh, good old Cooter, what he's going to do today, boys – or sorry, Kingmaker, whatever you like to call me. Um, I'm going to do best case, worst case scenario for the team. So, best case is obviously – Tatum, A.D., Boos, Jalen Brown, Christian Woods, is all five of those dudes stay healthy. Um, they all stay healthy all year round. And, I mean, Jalen's obviously already hurt, and he's going to miss the first couple weeks of the season. But, you know, Wood got hurt last year, so if he can stay healthy, if Boos normally gets hurt at some points during the season, he can stay healthy. I mean, that five is so salty. It's just so the best-case scenario is those five dudes stay healthy, Tatum is a top three MVP guy this year, which means he's probably looking at like 27, eight and five type numbers with a couple stocks. Um, I mean, there, there's a case to be made for your team. Like what does Kelly Oubre look like on that? Um, you know, on the Charlotte team, I don't know. Can he get to set 15 to 18 points a game off the bench type guy and fill that role? Um, Lou Dort's on there, which you know, has some moments. I really like the Cam Reddish pick late in the draft there at 154. Um, you know, there's a case, and certainly if Ben Simmons gets traded from Philly, you've got Maxi, who would, in theory, fill that starting point guard role for Philly. So there's a case. Uh, 
I think it's just tough to make. So that's the that's the glass half full is uh, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of talent and there's going to be weeks when all those dudes are healthy and rolling that you're just not going to be able to beat Greco or it's going to be very hard to beat Greco because of those five dudes. Like those five dudes. Hey, yes. Is, is best case, worst case going through all 18 draft picks? Sorry. No, I'll be quicker. I'll be quicker. I'll be quicker as we all get right, well, Let me yeah. get a few words in. Let me get a few It's words the first spot of the year, but that's the best case. <laughs> worst case is obviously you definitely shit yourself the last like, eight picks of the draft. So. <laughs> Okay, well, let me get a few words then. So I yeah, think of course. his draft was all about upside. And if you can see that, it's a little more. Definitely. First off, I, I loved the, the trade he did with Jansen, how he traded yep. down two picks and got Anthony Davis instead of Embiid, who I like about the same anyways. And he got to move up to, to the, the, the fact of the matter is he had two picks in the fifth round where he gets Christian Wood and Anthony Edwards. You know, both guys have tremendous upside. And maybe if, you know, you roll out ESPN projections, they say they're you know, fine or whatever, but those guys could really turn up big. And, and same with like, you know, you got guys like, like Jonathan Isaac, maybe he comes back a little bit sooner than some of the projections say. So, I mean, the, the, the upside, I think, uh, is not Kelly Oubre. It's just some of these guys exceed ESPN expectations. It's, it's oh. Edwards and Kevin Porter Jr. And yeah. there's a, a, a case where those two guys are top 50 players all year round and have huge trade value because of their numbers. So, he needs those guys to play well. Otherwise, it's going to be tough because the back of the draft was bad. Yep. Who's nine, Jerry? So, at nine, we have uh, Austin. His team is uh, looking pretty injury-prone, and I think that led to a lot of the reasons why they hit that ninth place is the the, the per-game averages look pretty nice, but if you look at the, the totals, they uh, got dinged a little bit because of the IR. So, what are your thoughts, John? Yeah, talking steals, I, I had Austin for two of them. Um, for LeBron at 17. Um, again, it's similar to AD. I mean, these guys are going back half of the second round, and, and they're always top guys, and maybe Bron rests more or whatever, but still a steal to get LeBron James at 17th. And, and to start Harden, LeBron, and Middleton is clutch. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan Poole is the other one. Uh, you look at some of the other guys that went on there, I think like Rubio went to pick above him. I'd much rather have Poole. Poole has some upside. He's playing well in preseason. That could be a steal um huge reach with spencer dinwiddie at the 44th pick um not good he he went a round later last year and he was coming off the best season of his career versus this year he's coming off a huge injury he played like five games so that was a bad pick a big reach and then i've got a dirty diaper um on clay thompson (laughs) at, at 77 um i i got Jared Allen after that pick and, and Allen's going to be a better player. He's going to play the whole, whole year. He's going to be on the front page of player Raider and clay, even when he's healthy, you know, he just doesn't do a lot for our league. So didn't love that one, especially when he had already taken or when, yeah, he had already taken Ben Simmons. He went on to take Kawhi. I mean, his IR is already full. It's just, he could have done better in some of those middle rounds. Yeah. And I, you know, Obviously, you know, the best case scenario, I don't have to go through pick by pick. It's, you know, James Harden, who essentially can win you an entire week by himself, and it's LeBron James. And then you throw on top of that Chris Middleton and, and Toby. I mean, that's awesome. You're going to just win some weeks this year just because you have LeBron and Harden. But, you know, uh, that's half us full, half us empty. It's just like, I mean, I don't know what to make with your last like eight picks of the draft. Like, what are we going to do? Clay's 
maybe going to start playing in December, but that sounds like that timeline's already been pushed. And then it's like Bagley, Brooke Lopez. I know I'm not supposed to go through every put pick, but it's like Wendell Carter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Cole Anthony. Kawhi's probably not going to play the whole year. Kobe White and Mobley. So it's just like, I, I don't know where those numbers are coming from other than like your top three picks. It's going to be tough. I think, I think this might be a regression year for Morris. Uh, sorry, dude, your, your team might be bad. It might just be bad. So there we go. We can keep moving. Um, I won't spend too much time. No, Rick, one, one last thought here. If Ben Simmons gets traded in the first two weeks of the season, um, and he has Harden, Ben Simmons and LeBron James, that's a pretty good core. Um, and if he gets anything out of clay in December and on, he doesn't have a bad team. And Morris made some great trades last year, so he can make it happen. I just – he took yeah. a lot of risks. He's going to have to trade a lot of dudes. Yeah. That team's bad. <laughs> All right. We're moving. Sorry, All right. Man. Moving right along. Uh, in the eighth spot, we have Jace's team. So I think one of the, the leading causes of, of this uh, team still showing up in the bottom half of the draft is that a lot of his later picks were – uh, not guys that are by very many teams. So I know it, all, every team has guys like this, but, you know, he, he's got, I think he's got five guys that are less than 20% owned, which is not, not the end all metric, but when you got depth like that, that's, that's not putting up big totals, you're going to find yourself falling on the list. He is num- the number one team in free throw percentage, which is interesting. He's on the back half of, you know, rebound points. So he's work to do for sure. What are your thoughts, John? Yeah, to be honest, I really love the way Chase started this draft with Beal, Butler, CP, McCollum, Lowry. That is just hammering uh, really productive guards, and and we know that's a good strategy in our league. Um, I had CP as a steal at 26. If CP stays healthy, which is a big if, you know, he's 30-whatever, but um, he always finishes top 10 in our league. I think he was like the fifth best player in our league last year, and to get him in the third round is, is, is big. Um, other than that, it was a pretty safe tra- draft from Chase. I, I didn't have any dirty diapers. I didn't have any reaches. I think he has, like, some good potential players in the mid-round with Bridges and Beasley and Sadiq Bay. Um, just pretty safe draft, and I think that's why he's at eight. Um, not a ton of upside, but not a lot of, you know, like, reaches either, you know? And so he is where he is. If some of these guys pan out, he's going to be moving up the board, and if they don't, he might be seventh or eighth. Hey, this is where we need one of those like buttons that has like a sound on it that's like boom, 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 boom. I totally disagree uh, with Chase's ranking here. I think he should be higher up on the board. His team's freaking good, man. And uh, I don't hate the bottom of his draft like I have the previous two. I think all those dudes, like you said, they're not they're the upside not be might not be there, but I do think all those dudes are super underrated just because. Um, they either got hurt or whatever. Like, I like all those dudes that he had at the back half of his draft. And honestly, I think Chase should be higher up in the power rankings. I almost think he should be higher than, you know, uh, than I guess a couple of teams that will be ahead of him. But I don't know. This 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 ranking for Chase, just I think he's got enough talent at the top of his roster. He should be a little bit higher than where he is ranked. And I, like I understand. I understand their ESPN projections and blah, 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 blah. But like. You just go down his roster and you're just looking at it. It's like there's no one unproductive on his roster, really. Like, obviously, Kimba, who knows, like, you know, what kind of injury or whatever he'll have. But, like, 
But where you know, he took got, him, it was a good pick. Exactly. Yeah. He got Kemba at pick 66. And if Kemba's 18 and five this year with a couple threes, like that is a steal there. So I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think Jay should be higher up. Bang. How about that? that gonna, was, we're getting I, better boys. I, like I was going to add that. Uh, uh, I was going to add that uh, as well, that aside from Kemba, really his entire team is guys that are known to be healthy and guys that are known for, to be productive. So it does. Well, Levert too, but. Who? Levert. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he's already on the IR. <laughs> I was just saying that I, I think his team is a very safe team. And so if other owners start to have injuries, he could easily move up that, that list. And obviously they're just projections too. So totally uh, agree. Good, good convo on that one. All right. So next we have uh Peyton. He's at number seven. He has an interesting team. I think that he had a very uh, polarizing start to his draft and uh, a lot of uh, conversations that <laughs> followed that one up. But um, did pretty well in the back half and got a lot of depth. Uh, his team is basically all wings. So if you're looking for a wing, <laughs> you need to go and make a trade. Uh, but uh, so just to talk about some of his numbers, his team's really, really high in stock. He's third in steals, two in blocks. Uh, and then some of the other ones, rebounds, assists, ATO, he's eighth in each of those. So pretty high on some things, pretty low on others, which is a, uh, that, that punt system is a good way to, to, to win some head-to-head matchups, even though it may get you a little farther down on, on some rankings. So number seven, what do you got, John? Yeah, I mean, we, we have to start with the SGA pick at 13. Um, so bad, dude. I mean, might might be the biggest reach in the draft, um, which is a, a belt that Payton continually wins um, every year. He just – you know, he just <laughs> that is his MO to have the biggest reach in the draft, and it came at pick 13. And, I mean, to see the guys still on the board when he takes SGA, um, oh. it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's Embiid, it's AD, it's LeBron – um, just heavy hitters out there, and he reaches the SUNA. So, uh, and, and honestly, the other the other kind of glaring thing here is is the draft went Peyton, Coot, Jerry, right? Um, eight, nine, ten, and Coot and Jerry both come out with arguably two first rounders, Giannis and PG, Cat and Luca, and Peyton comes out with Trey Young, who I, I could have seen sliding into the second round, and SUNA, who I had ranked mid third. So you just lost a lot of value there if SGA does not exceed expectations. Um, Michael Porter Jr., this is a, kind of a polarizing pick. He's fourth-round pick. ESPN has some really high projections for him. I think they're 25 and 8. Um, it feels kind of like Murray's projections last year. It's like, oh, man, a lot of upside. Like, he's going to hit this huge stride. And I just don't know if it's going to be there. Uh, but we'll see. And, and the good news for Peyton is his first four picks – five even if you throw in Lonzo are shiny like they have a lot of trade value these are guys that get traded a lot he's going to get a lot of offers and that's really when Peyton is at his best when other guys want um, good players from him he can kind of make some things happen um, Wiggins at at 113th uh, is, a, is a big steal you look at the guys that were getting picked around there and and Peyton lucked out with the news that came out a day later um but that, that's a steal. And then Mo Bamba, last pick of the draft. It looks like he's playing good in preseason. Again, it's the last pick. So um, if he plays at all and gets two blocks a game, that, that could look like a steal. Yeah, you know, I'm looking through his roster. I just – I don't know. I uh, There's a lot of big question marks on there for me to, to give it a half-glass full. The half-glass full is obviously Michael Porter Jr.'s back is – recovered and he really averages 25 and eight after averaging like what like 18 and four last year like 
oh, he's just going to like double his production. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think that the Michael Porter Jr. pick, we should just call it what it is. It was bad. That's a bad pick to take there. There were a lot, there was a lot of other talent on the board. Like you'd almost rather just have Lonzo than MPJ, who we got, you know, whatever. How many picks? I disagree. Later, really- I think the fourth round is a good time to reach for someone. Sure. Okay, but wouldn't you rather have Lonzo no. than MPJ? Okay. Really? I'd rather have Michael Porter Jr. That's interesting. I would no, I would much rather have Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, so I, I agree. Wow. Huh. Well then I'm just stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I just think his team's going to be bad this year. He's going to have to make a lot of moves, but we've seen him make a lot of moves in the past and do well at it. So I don't have a lot to add here. I think that's where his upside is. It's just, uh, look, SGA was awesome last year, but then they shut him down after like January. So that's, that's the thing. And we all know it. It's not like that's a secret. So whatever you're going to try to trade SGA for, you'll just never get, second high second round value for him. You just won't because everyone knows he's he's gonna get shut down after the first of the year again because they don't want to win games. So but you know again we've seen like you said uh Peyton's made a lot of moves in the past. They've all been pretty good moves for the most part. Um and so he's not afraid to trade dudes around. So I know me and him have already we've been flirting a lot. I like you know we swiped right on each other early on this season. (laughs) And you know we're just we're having conversations. It's a you know, just uh, a text about once a week. We've, we've swiped right on each other. We've hey, matched. Kurt, do you know who Isaiah Roby plays for? I do not. Probably the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. What about All you, right. Mark? Bang, bang. All right, let's keep moving. You're going so slow. We got to keep going. We're almost halfway there. I got to get comments in on this one because this is one of my favorite teams. Just real quick. Yes. I agree on the SGA comments. I think that the shutdown risk is real, and that scares me. And then the change – uh, you know, lurching, Peyton hates the word, but uh, lurching, the, the, the free throw rules where you can't jump into a, uh, a defender when you're shooting a three anymore. It's going to affect Harden and Trey the most, I would say. I think for your first two picks to have some question marks scares me a little bit. But, I mean, to, to your guys' point, I love where you got, got OG, Covington, Jeremy Grant, uh, Michael Porty Jr., Zach Levine. Jeremy. <laughs> Every year I say it. <laughs> it's a staple. Uh Anyways, uh, those those like five wings he got, I love where he got them. They got good value. So his team is an interesting draft, but uh, he gives that to us every year. So, all right, next at six, we have Jansen's team. This team. Uh, interesting. He's, he's made some jokes already, but there is a, a lot to discuss here. First off, he's number one in field goal percentage. I think any team with Zion is going to have that. You could have 15 uh, Devontae Grahams and just having Zion there is probably going to make you number one in field goal percentage. So I think that's that. And then he's last in three-point percentage, even though he has KD and Kyrie, who may not be playing. But it's just kind of all over the place. He has a lot of guys that are just really good at one thing, but it kind of looks like a points league team where the, his team kind of lacks identity. And then also, too, you have the Kyrie, Kyrie question marks. Um, you got uh, Zion, who has no timetable to return. So, I mean – there's a lot going on here. Uh, how do you unpack it, John? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on the, the major themes already. Um, but KD and Bede back-to-back, love that. I have Russ as a reach at, th- at 25. But honestly, for Jansen, probably a steal because he probably almost took him at 14, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on how you look at that one. Um, Kyrie is just a, a – I mean, come on, man. Like, 
at someone was going to take him. So like, I understand it. And like, when you, when you're at pick 36, you're starting to look at these other names and be like, dude, if Kyrie plays like this is a home run. Oh yeah. Uh, He's just staring you at the face. He's just staring you in the face. Yeah. We we were talking about it every pick, like, man, where's Kyrie going to go. Right. So I I get it, but man, it looks bad now. And then, you know, you got D'Angelo Russell after that. And just like a handful of picks. I don't really love. We were all looking at John Collins, like, you guys were giving me crap that I didn't pick him. And then it's your pick. And you're like, I'm not taking John Collins. He's just 17 and eight, you know, it's like, he doesn't <laughs> um, but there's some good players on this team. And um, honestly, Jansen uh, has been a, a really productive manager the last couple of years and um, always has a competitive team that you don't want to play late in the season. This Zion injury is bad. And this Kyrie thing is, is even worse. And so he needs to weather the storm here. I think he's playing me and Jerry back to back and we haven't shown up on the rankings yet. So that's a little tough way to start the season. Um, But he's got some good players and I'm sure he'll make something happen. Yeah. Jansen probably had my favorite pick of the draft. One of my favorite picks of the draft at 85 with, with Trez. I know Trez was terrible last year on the Lakers, but you don't go from being the sixth man of the year to them being terrible and then like never playing good basketball again in your life. It's just not going to happen. He's going to be good on the Wizards. He just is. He's going to have a bunch of opportunities. They need energy dudes. They love playing hard in DC for whatever reason. They just like, that's why Gafford was so good last year. Why did you switch the teams on me? I'm still looking at this Google sheet. You douchebag. Who do you think you are? Golly. This thing's a mess. All right. mess. All right. But I really like Trez. I think, I think obviously the potential is obviously that KD and Kyrie play a bunch of games this year, and so does Zion. Zion's able to get back from injury and be the Zion of old. Uh, Al Horford, if he can be anything like the 12-5-5 and five he used to be, or even, hell, 12-5-4, and four, I think, you know, uh, Jerry makes a great point. I don't know exactly what his team's identity is at this point, but he's got enough counting stats. He's going to be competitive most weeks and uh yeah he's gonna be a pain in the ass to play because you know you're gonna have the westbrook 20 20 20 game that you're gonna have to play against or there's gonna be some weeks it's tough to play him but ultimately i think i would actually knowing what we know now about Kyrie, knowing what we know now about zion i would probably rank his team lower than where it is currently um now knowing what we know and i understand these projections were made before we know what we know but yeah i'd rank him lower yeah. Dude, I, if if we did the average age of players, Jansen would have the oldest team every single year. Yeah, he loves yep. drafting veterans, and like that's fine. But that comes with injury risk, and it comes with no upside. And so You're, he's kind of really kind of depending in a bad way on Reggie Jackson and Ricky Rubio to like be yeah. pretty decent this year. Yep. Agreed. Uh, which is a little scary. So all right, next. Yep. All right. So next we got John's team. He is coming in at number five. Uh, so with his team, it's uh, another team that is really good at some stuff and really bad at others. Uh, he's number number three at rebounds, number three at threes, number three at field goal percentage. Uh, kind of unusual, I would say, to have your first three picks all be guards, and you're coming in at ninth in assists, ninth in ATO, and eighth in uh, steals. So you spend your, your top picks on guards, and you're not good at a lot of the guard categories. That's uh, kind of an alarming start. But he has a lot of guys on his team that I think have a lot of upside, and I like, so – What's your uh, self-analysis, JB? I was going to kick it to Coot. Coot, why don't you just get your jokes out on, on some of my picks? You go for it. I'll go last. 
Well, this, for starters, Jerry, it wasn't his first three picks that were guards. It was his first five picks that Woo! were guards. And uh, at first, I was telling John, I was like, hey, man, I think it's your team. Then I think it's a cliff. I thought that's how good John's team was. And then I had some time to react to it and to remind myself what a piece of shit John is. And then <laughs> I just realized that, like, yo, maybe this team really isn't that good. I mean, obviously, Curry, Mitchell, Booker, Murray, Sexton, it's like, oh, man. That's a little intimidating. But then you start thinking about what they do really well and what they don't do well. And it's like, oh, wait a second. He might struggle and assist to turnover. He might struggle in field goal percentage. Like, that's actually kind of a tough team. And then you got Clint Capella and Jared Allen down there just bricking free throws all week long. So then you start thinking like, whoa, now all of a sudden free throws might not be as strong anymore. And you just kind of start looking at like, uh, are we sure this team's even good? Um, so I've done the whole 180 where I thought this was the best team in the league by a mile. Um, I had some time. I came down a little bit. John, I got to be honest with you, man. I think your team might suck. It might suck. Um, so that's glass half empty is your team just might suck. Uh, but glass half full is obviously, I guess, like, look, I learned this lesson. Greco learned this lesson last year. Everyone convinces themselves that the Jonte Murray is going to be like, between 18 and 20 points a game, finally get to seven assists with his six rebounds, with two steals. And literally every year, he's like 15, five and five with 1.3 or 1.5 steals. Like, that's just what he is. He just is that now. Like, it's his, you know, I don't know if he's going to make a huge jump. And you just start looking around. It's like Clint Capella is not getting any younger. He had a great year last year, but clearly they have plenty of mouths to feed there in Atlanta. I don't know, man. Your team might just be bad. It's pretty crowded in Cleveland for Jared Allen. I don't know. So half glass full is the fun guard play that you're just going to score 1,200 points a week with a shit ton of threes and steals and dimes and free throws going to be fine. But the glass half full, I think, is a more convincing argument. Just looking down the draft board and just kind of being like, well, here goes nothing. Which well, he's uh, number one in points great, too, so his team is yeah. going to get buckets. Oh yeah, he's going to score a lot. No, Coop, but, thanks for the know. totally unbiased opinion there. Let's like yeah, you bet. In. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and jump in there, John, on yourself? <laughs> go ahead, Jerry. You want to comment on that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I gave my initial thoughts. I, I think that your team is definitely going to get a lot of buckets. I I didn't really have an issue with your picks. Like there wasn't one that I was like, "Ooh, poop his pants on that one." Uh, the Colin Sexton one, I think there's a little bit of a little bit of questions on that, but that's not. No, it's bad. Let's jump all over that one because he's not on my <laughs> team anymore. John does a classic thing where <laughs> it's over. He looks up and down his roster and he finds one guy and he's like, "Oh shit, this guy sucks. I don't like him. He has no upside. He's a bad fit on my team. Whatever his reason is." And he proceeds to send offers to every single owner in the league trying to get rid of this dude and just tanks him immediately. He can make Jokic look like a pile of dog shit. <laughs> him in every offer just compiling things like it was an ugly sight but i'm happy for him he was able to get rid of sexton for his sake because he could not live with himself he had to go into week one with this guy he just had to get rid of okay the only caveat there is i take my two worst draft picks and package them together it was the sexton <laughs> base the sexton Baisley combo that i sent to seven owners on the first night okay and, and, and this is what happens it's like um I send it out and people are like instantly not a big Sexton guy, you know, and it's like, okay, go to the next guy. 
yeah, not really big on sex. They don't really like that offer, you know. And you're like, uh oh, you know. And then you're like, this is going to be a theme. <laughs> the problem gets you get worse. to like the fifth guy. It's like, okay, hopefully they haven't texted Chase yet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like rapid fire, and Chase is like, I don't like Baisley. And I told you guys that morning, I was like, me and Chase are talking. He's going to want more than Baisley. I wonder if I can get away with THJ. And we ended up calling it a deal. And I think you look at the numbers and like Sexton and, and McCollum are pretty similar other than threes. Um, and that, that's really it. I mean, Sexton's numbers last year were good. It's just, He's going like, to be fine. But he's not McCollum. He's not consistent. He doesn't get the threes. He doesn't have the ATL. Yeah. And um, I, I just was trying to move up. And, and here's all I'll say about my team. I think Sexton was a terrible pick. I think Baisley was a terrible pick. Um, but – Here's where here's what I was going for. When you go to look at who you're playing next week and you see their lineup, and knowing that Curry, Mitchell, Booker, DeJounte Murray, and CJ McCollum, two or three of them is playing every single night, like that scares you a little bit. Like you don't want to see that, and you're gonna to have to see that every night with me. So we'll see where the chips lie, but I feel okay about it. Oh yeah, we're all just shaking in our boots, John. Your shitty guards. All right, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you didn't deserve that. All right, next team. Let's keep rolling. All right, next team, number four. We have Zach's Zach D's team. Um, so I got. I have a lot of thoughts on this one. First off, you know, reigning champ. Probably not going to be happy. He's at four, but again, not my numbers. His team, though, is going to win a lot of head-to-head matchups because he's number one in assists, number one in ATO, number one in steals, third in free throw percentage. And what he's bad at, he's really bad. You know, ninth in blocks, seven in field goal percentage. But, you know, he doesn't care because he's going to win those other categories he's, he's in the top three in. So even though he's going to fall at fourth on this list, he's going to do pretty well in head-to-head matchups because of how polarizing his stats are. I actually really like this draft. I love the the Jokic-Sabonis uh, combo. That makes so much sense. Um, you know, I've never been a big VV guy, even though I won our league gloves him. A little injury prone for me. But, um, you know, now he has a good keeper in cage. So that, that makes him scarier as well. His team's just good. I mean, I think when you get in, in these top couple of teams, you know, the, it's all close. And, you know, where ESPN has him is, is irrelevant. You go in there and, and you look at his team, and it's like a lot of these guys have upside, and I like them. So, yeah, I absolutely love these draft. I think, I mean, yeah, he's he's going to be in the playoffs this year if he doesn't make a single trade and bar an injury, obviously. I've always really appreciated Draymond. I think he got him in the right spot there. I really like Fred in our league. Everyone always wants him, A, because he's like two steals and almost four threes a game with a bunch of dimes, an incredible assist-to-turnover ratio. And pair that with bonus and Jokic and uh, I just, I love it. I love his team. I think it's going to be really good. You could argue, and, you know, Jerry, I know that you've kind of talked about this a little bit, but essentially the top four teams are just a few percentage points away in a couple of categories that you could almost interchange them all. So, I mean, you know, this team, if just, if Cade is anything like his projections um, and assuming you get a little something out of like RJ Barrett and he takes another, even a half step up, this team is going to be – this team's good. And obviously the, the case against it is just, you know, Fred – you know, the Raptors decide to tank and Fred starts sitting games. Draymond plays even worse and gets looks even worse out there and they have to start sitting more. Stuff like that. Um, I don't love that your starting point guards are Fred Van Fleet and Mike Conley, but, you know, and then as a backup, I guess you can say you've got Derrick Rose. I know obviously you got Cade Cunningham, but – 
you never really want to count on rookies to provide consistent stats. So you're going to struggle a little bit, I think, D, just because of your point guards would be the half, the glass half empty look of this. But for the most part, man, I mean, this team's going to be good. It just is. And and if guys, you know, aren't fitting the system well, D's a proven owner that knows how to trade and how to get to the ship. So that should make you feel good. How about that? Just patting everyone on the back today, except John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm still coming up, so well, I'm sure yeah. I'll get you all over. Um, okay, so here's my thoughts on D. First off, we roasted D's draft last year, and it was by a mile the best draft in the league. Yep. D barely had to make so any good. Trades. It rode him all the way to the chip. I don't even know how many trades he made. Um, I think it was like three. It was like and they were the US. Yeah, and he traded guys that had way like outplayed their draft position at the time. So I mean, yep. D is a good drafter. When you look at his team, you're like, okay, he had a strategy, like to go Jokic, Sabonis, Draymond, throw in Van Vliet in there. It's just like, okay, like I totally see what he was doing. It makes perfect sense. Coop brings up a good point. There's going to be a three or four week stretch where Mike Conley and Fred Van Vliet are both hurt and he's going to be starting Derrick Rose at point guard. Now, maybe that doesn't matter. He's getting enough dimes from bonus and Jokic, but like that scares me a little bit. Um, but it like, I guess the only other thing, which is also true of his team last year, like there's not a lot of guys that I want to go trade for. He's not going to trade Jokic. Like that's stupid. You're not going to win that trade um, unless you get Gobert and Thad Young. Um, just a little throwback there, but uh, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna win a Jokic trade. You're no one's gonna trade for Draymond Green, um, Sabonis and Van Vliet Maybe might get some offers, but like you're not trading for Conley. You're not trading for some of these guys, and so he's gonna just kind of ride it out. And maybe it works as well as last year, or maybe he doesn't um, get so lucky from an injury standpoint, and, and he's more middle of the road. Uh, McConnell is a steal where he got him. Rob Williams, uh, Big Bob, like, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, I was looking at the draft, and uh, Colton got uh, Mitchell Robinson, like, s- literally 60 picks later. Are they not the same player? Feels like it. Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were asking. Yeah, I didn't know. That's a little rhetorical. Yeah, <laughs> fine. You guys are both just like, I thought you froze, but. Um, no. <laughs> we just so, anyway, D's going to be great. I, I, I love his draft. But we'll see. I don't really want to go trade for a lot of these guys. Yeah, and also, too, I think it has to be mentioned, when the first uh, wire night came up, he uh, spent $18 for guys who may not even play the first five months. Oh, my gosh, that was terrible. To be mentioned. It was Uh, terrible. Markel Fultz and Thomas Bryant. Like, Thomas Bryant might be the third-string center, and he's going to miss half the season. And Fultz, too, it's a point guard logjam there. So, even if they were playing, I feel like a lot of money. I, I didn't know about that, but love the draft. Glad you brought that up, Jerry. That needed to be said. All right. All right. Top three. Here we go, baby. Again, these all, as Koo had mentioned, these teams are all really close, even by ESPN numbers. But next up, we have Colt's team, number three. Oh, Col- Colt and uh, Tanner, right? The invisible owner. Tanner doesn't exist. He's not real. It's just a burner <laughs> account for Colt. He's not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> So Colt, Colt does his typical thing. No, wait, wait. it's real. Colt wants Tanner to be an owner so he can trade back and forth with himself. Yeah. <laughs> this is just the Matrix. We're all just living in the Matrix. None of it's real. Just got to unplug from the system. All right. Sorry. All right. Colt does his typical thing. He loves guards. I know he drafted Bam with one of his early picks, but his guard, his team is a guard-focused team. He's second in free throw percentage, second in three point, uh, points made. 
third and ATO, third and points. Like it's what you'd expect that his team. Um, few of these uh, picks he made in the mid rounds, I didn't love, but um, I'm curious to get your guys' thought on how his draft was. Obviously, third on the list, he's definitely a, a formidable team. So, what are you guys? Yeah, thoughts? yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I've got. A, we're looking at this spreadsheet, and I highlighted um, stuff for reaches, steals, and dirty diapers. And Colts, it looks like a rainbow out here. Like every pick, I kind of had a thought on um, Fox. At, at, at 23 feels like a little bit of a reach. It's, it's really hard to imagine him finishing above Middleton, Drew, CP, Voos, and Randall. Like those guys just finish above Fox every single year. Um, so we'll see. But he does have a lot of upside this year. And the way he finished last season, as I've sent the post-all-star break numbers to Jerry, I think three times in, in GChat, um, he, he was off the, off the charts. And so we'll see on that one. At, at least a guy he could flip easily after a couple weeks if he wanted to. DeMar DeRozan hate that pick uh, in the fourth round. I, I just hate DeRozan. Chicago's crowded. It, all four Chicago guys got drafted in the first 50 picks, and there's just no way they're all hitting their projections. DDR seems like the one that might take the biggest um, hit just because Alonzo's going to have the ball, Levine's going to have the ball, and he can't shoot three. So I just don't know, and he's not going to get defensive stats. So don't like that one personally, but he proves me wrong every year. Didn't like Graham at 63. That felt like a reach. But also, that's, this is the point of the draft where I don't really like anyone on that, you know, in those, like, kind of 20-pick range. Um, so, maybe there's a cliff there, and he's just like, that's my guy. He's not going to be there when he gets back. Um, but Coot sound effect. I would like to Zach here. I really love Demonte Graham there. I think that's a great pick. Graham's awesome, man. He's awesome. He's going to be awesome. He showed us how good he is on a really bad team fantasy wise in Charlotte. It's the exact same situation, especially with Zion out. He's going to shoot it a bunch and yeah, it's going to be a low percentage, but he's going to make almost four threes a game, have almost eight dimes a game. And there's going to be some weeks. He's going to just literally win the week for Colt. It's amazing. I like his draft fine. I think pairing Devonta Graham with a guy like Lillard makes a ton of sense. I think Fox and DeRozan make a ton of sense together. I just I like the team a lot. I think his team's going to be good. He's going to win a lot of weeks with it, um, and he's got plenty of guys that we're all going to want to trade for. Um, I don't love where he took like uh, Bobby Boucher, which I always just called him Chris Boucher. I didn't realize you pronounced his last name Boucher until John told me that. I just kept calling him Boucher, but it makes so much more sense how I call him Bobby Boucher. But you know, I think he took him way way too early, considering what they drafted out there in Toronto with the first pick of the hurt. draft. Yeah, I didn't like that pick at all. Just way too early because it feels like you essentially got Bobby Boucher with uh, Gallinari, you know, almost 100 picks later. I, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Boucher's all threes and blocks. Yeah, but, like, it's the same amount of threes with Gallo is my point in points. Anyway, yeah. you can uh, disagree. I'm, I'm confused with the John Wall pick. Like, the Rockets already said Thank you. I was getting to that. Right, go. Yeah, they already said they're not going to play him all year. He's making $40 million a year. Who's trading for John Wall production $40 million? So it seems like there's a good case of him just sitting out the whole season and collecting. <clears throat> and he went in a you know a spot in the draft where there were decent guys left on the board. So I thought that was also a, a kind of confusing pick. Um, I agree with, with, with John's sentiments on Devontae Graham and uh, DeMar DeRozan, but it's one of those things where it, he's going to have a great week and he's going to post the stats and clip this pod and be like, you guys <laughs> – <laughs> I'm, fully, I'm fully prepared for that. Hit us with it, Colt, when it happens. Um, all right, last thought. Um, 
I, I already said it, but it's worth saying. Huge deal with Mitchell Robinson. At the time of the draft, I almost picked him so many times, but he was hurt. There was no updates. And it comes out today that he's, like, practicing, and he played in a preseason game. And Mitchell mm, Robinson yeah. went in, like, the fifth round last year, which was a terrible pick from Greco. But <laughs> he shouldn't be going in the 13th. You know, it's, like, literally Robert Williams, um, but 60 picks later. So, great draft. And he has LaMelo Ball and um, plenty of, of good proven players. So, I'm sure Colts team's going to be great. Yep. All right. And second, for the second year in a row – uh, in the preseason only, might I add. No, no, last year I was one. Don't do that to me. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. All right, top two for the second year in a row. We have Coot's team. Let's go. His team is, uh, while they are ninth in free throw percentage uh, and three-pointers, uh, Giannis and uh, Gobert dragging him down there. He's uh, second in field goal percentage because of those guys and really middle of the pack for a lot of them. Like, he's got, you know, fourth in, in assists, sixth in ATO, fifth in blocks, fifth in points, like, He's someone who's going to exploit your weaknesses, but um, it's not really the best to anything. But, hey, it got him second on the board. It's got a, got a good team. So, what are your thoughts, Coop? What are my thoughts about me? Oh, yeah. oh I've been waiting all time. Coop's favorite this. topic. Uh, myself. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, uh, I feel, you know, like I should be in the movie Heat for the town after this because I feel like I had a lot of robberies this draft. Had a lot of steals. First off, Giannis falling to me at nine. That felt like a steal. I think, you know, Paul George, I probably took him around where he should go. But then Drew Holiday fell to me, which I thought was crazy. He kept falling. And then I got Gobert, you know, gosh, in the, what round was that? The uh, one, two, three, four, the fifth round. I mean, in the last couple of years, he'd go, you know, in the early third round. I got Gobert way down there. I just think, you know, I keep wanting to rename my team the Weight Watchers because I feel like it's very well balanced. I got a lot of points and blocks and field goal percentage, a lot of assists with Drew and Brog, um, and Giannis, and I don't know. I think I'm going to be really competitive this year. I have a ton of steals. Um, you know, and I'll let everyone else. All right, you guys can now rain on my parade, but I think my team's real good, and if Jalen Green is really going to average 18 points a game, Watch the F out, boys, because the Kingmakers coming for the playoffs this year. Finally. Yeah. The best way to describe uh, Coot's draft is like a big stack of pancakes. At the beginning, you're like, man, I freaking love pancakes. These are amazing. They're so good. I would eat these every day. In the middle, you're like, ah, these are okay. You know, I'm almost done. I'm getting a little full. I'm kind of sick of the syrup. Uh, and then at the end, you're just like, I hate pancakes. Like, these are terrible. I'm never eating these again. And it's just a vintage Coot draft um, where he hammers the first five picks. We all love it. It's like, wow, Coot knows what he's doing. He's showing up. Maybe this is the year. Um, and then it just falls off a cliff. And it's like Schroeder, Plumley, Brandon, Skidmark, Clark is what I call him because it's a huge, just dirty diaper pick. Um, he might not even play. I've told Coot that he's going to drop him on Halloween. Um, Jay Crowder, like this, he was on the waiver last year in a 12 team league. Coop takes him in the 12th round. I uh, don't really understand that one. And then Canner, the third string center from the Celtics, who Coop's already dropped. It's like, I don't know what you were doing at the end, Coop. I totally agree with your, with your first six picks. It's great. Um, seven, if you in, include small forward Al Horford, uh, bridges there, but didn't love the ending. 
Yeah, I agree with the, the pancake analogy, and I agree with his draft. I think he, he can compile a lot of stats, so he's going to do well in this little projection list. But when I did did these and just took ESPN's numbers, put them in here, I had to do them a second time. I was like, how how was he second? His team makes <laughs> no sense to me. Do not like it. It's foundation. I've been bitching to him nonstop since he drafted this team that he just has no identity. He just grabbed guys all over the place. Like I cannot stand how he has Giannis and Gobert. It's like a perfect start uh, in the first couple of picks to punt free throws. And he has guys like Paul George and a lot of good guards that, that get decent volume, too, in free throws. And his, his team is bad at free throws, but he still has guys where some of their main contributions is hitting free throw uh, numbers. So it's just like it drives me crazy. Don't like his team's uh, production, but I can't deny he definitely did get some steals. His team has a ton of talent, and we know he's going to trade. So give him some ammunition, and he's going to be in good shape. So I, I – don't like the way it looks at the moment, but I know that with a few good trades, this team can be really scary. Yeah, he's still got John Jalen Green too, right? So he's got a good keeper situation, probably a top five keeper situation, and um, oh yeah, plenty of good value up front. So he should be good. We'll see. There's always there's always a trade in the first couple of weeks where Coot um, Texas is like, uh oh, guys. Uh oh, you know, it's like after he hit accept, and we're just like, yep, like that was terrible. Um, and then it's kind of downhill from there. So we'll see at what point in the season that uh oh guys text come. Um, and that will probably tell you whether he's making playoffs or not. And I will not be trading. Yeah. So maybe that's what's different this year. I'm not trading. I'm not trading. I'm going to let this team ride. I'm going to let the team ride for a week or two. Then I'm going to trade. Then I'm going to trade. All right. Well, he's got a good team. Obviously, finished second on the list, but. We're moving along. The team that finished first on the list was my team. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Comments on this one. But, hey, just reporting the numbers. Uh, my team was first in three-pointers, which I want to point out that my team, uh, Colt's team, and John's team were all within three three-pointers of each other. So, again, we're, we're talking on, you know, 3,000 three-pointers in the year. <laughs> so, it's obviously very close. Uh, you know, so good, 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 a good team for threes, rebounds, blocks, and then high in points, high in assists. So just good at a lot of things, but a lot of that is predicated on some upside. And depending upon whether you like those guys or not, I obviously do. I picked them, but I could could, could uh, see it going either way. Guys like Porzingis, guys like uh, Nurk, guys like, um, you know, Siakam, whatever. He's going to come back. Like, these are guys that are either injury prone or have some question marks. Uh, obviously, ESPN's projections were very kind to Derek White. I'll even admit that. So I, I think that I, even though I'm high on this list, my team definitely has a lot of question marks and um, fully ready for you guys to, to let me hear it about him. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry you want to go? I, go ahead. Yeah, John. I do. Go ahead. Uh, Jerry, before yeah, I go, what I'm gonna do. <laughs> before I go, I just want a, uh, an honest self-analysis. What was your worst pick and why? Uh, you are, I think you've asked me this before and I said, I liked every single pick I made. I know. That's why I'm trying to give you a chance to redeem yourself to the listeners so that they don't think that you're just like, Hey guys, I'm the best. Like, what was your worst pick? Uh, I think that I have, I, I, I kind of hinted at, I have uh rose colored glasses with a lot of these guys. Like, you know, I, I took Brzingis at 51 and I'm like, oh, this is Porzingis' bounce back year. He was hurt for the first half of last year. He finished the season a little bit better. Full year of health, he's going to be awesome. And he's probably going to have knee trouble week two. Like, I, I know that deep down, but I have rose-colored glasses on it. And you can even say the same thing about, like, Nurk. Like, he had a down year last year. Like, I, I, I'm seeing the positive on a lot of these guys. And I think we're all doing that. That's why we're not trading yeah. right now, is we see the positive in them. 
and the upside, and then reality hits, and come week two, you're putting your worst two players <laughs> to, to trades to nine different owners. So um, the I really my specials. I made them, and I believe in the upside. But I do know deep down some of these guys have big question marks, and we're about to see whether or not I'm right or wrong. All right, so here's my take, Jerry. Um, Luca and Towns are the two – it's the best duo – in the league. If you look at everyone's two best players, you have the two best players. That is usually a really telling sign in this league. Those guys are both really durable too. So I, I we could honestly stop there, but if we keep going, I think the, the biggest thing about your draft is you have three good keeper guards, right? You look at Suggs, Halliburton, and Garland. These guys are productive. They're healthy. They get a bunch of stats. And so it allowed you to take some good bigs and wings early on. And you go Towns, Randall, Ingram, Siakam, Porzingis, Nurkic. And now you have like really efficient bigs to go with your guards and wings. And like, it just, it makes sense to me. It, it's obviously a really good team. Um, I, I think there's a case to be made that Randall isn't going to be as good as he was last year. Um, Siakam really kind of scares me. He's hurt. Maybe he's coming back earlier. But when guys start the season hurt and it's a month out, that could easily turn into two months. Um, like really easily, KP could get hurt. Um, I mean, his his game, KP's game log is like 57, 63, 59. I mean, he just does not play full seasons. Um, Derek White, you can't quit him. You can't. I, I mean, it's, it's that 0.9 blocks just keep you coming back, man. I mean, he is very average. He's never had an exciting season, um, but you love him. And so we'll see how that pans out. But I, I, I thought the biggest picks for you, this is going to sound dumb, but Bledsoe and Curry back to back, that the draft was starting to the picks after that are awful. And I thought you nailed both of those. Go, Coop. All right. Um, look, this is <laughs> – I think I did the same spiel last year too. And Jerry made it to the championship round, so shame on me. But I think this is probably the most overrated uh, with the ESPN numbers. I hate this draft, man. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I didn't understand at the time the regression Randall, Brandon Egram, and Siakam, and Zingas, and Nurik pick. That just felt like four giant kind of gambles in a row. I, I just don't see it. And then the Eric Bledsoe and the Seth Curry, I hate it. The Patrick Williams pick, like, there's so few picks on the board. I'm like, oh, I actually like that one. They, who I like to call Jacob Poetti, or other people <laughs> know him as Yaka Pertle. Like, I thought that was way too early to take him. Like, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, like, you could say this with any roster. It's like, oh, if everyone plays exactly to their projections, it's going to be good. But it's like, I can almost make a case for every single player minus Luca going under their projections. And I wouldn't be called crazy for it. Like, yeesh, I do not like this draft. That's how I feel. I've made my case known. I've called Jerry to his face, a crawdad and John's the big fish to fry. That's how I feel. I, who am I to talk? I haven't made the playoffs since, you know, 2000, what, 15, 14, 16. I think it was 16. Yeah, we were still in college, so if that tells you anything. <laughs> no, no. I made it one year when I take to get James Harden as a keeper. You're right. You're was, right. That was the one year I made the playoffs several moons ago. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine, but a lot of question marks. You're going to have to make some moves, Jerry. I'm a little worried for you, to be honest. I wouldn't right. have you number one on my list. Jerry, 30-second th rebuttal, and then we'll wrap this thing up. 
All right. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I agree with you on a lot of these guys. Like I think Porzingis, you know, guys like that who have really high projections, they could, you know, not any game. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that, but I really like some of my depth picks. I think they have a lot of upside and it's just classic coot. Whenever he looks at a team, he always goes and finds you. Yes, please. Four players. The worst yep. three or four players. And he goes, wow, you really think a team with Patrick yep. Williams, Eric Bledsoe, and Seth Curry is going to win the ship? And it's like, well, I picked them in the last four rounds, so not really, not really relying on those dudes to win it for me, but it's just classic. I get it every year. He always finds, like, four of my worst dudes and says – Yeah. No, he really? just – I mean, he did it to me 15 minutes ago where he's like, um, you know, Sexton and Capella. It's like, well, you just kind of passed Steph, Don, and Booker, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> man. But I'm just I think the thing that's throwing me off, Jay, is just I feel like Randall, Ingram, Siakam, and Zingus and Nurik, those five. I think what's throwing me off is those five all kind of feel like roll of the dice. Granted, some of the rolls of the dice are bigger than others. I just think when you look at them in a row like that, you're like, man, that just felt it just feels like a lot of gambling. It just feels like a lot of gambling in a row. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if your picks were, like, spread out with some of your gambles, it wouldn't feel as bad. But, like, I'm looking at that like, oh, I, well, I, I think I hate the, that. It's the case we made earlier, too. Like, Chase yeah. is eighth on this list, but he's a very safe team. I'm You're right. But I have a very aggressive team. And there's a, a world yeah. where half my guys are hurt. They're underperforming. There's no upside there, even though I thought there was. And his team just staying steady, and his team's way too mine. So that's why these preseason rankings are always kind of crazy because some of those guys at ESPN have the same rose-colored glasses that I do, and they're 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 putting some upside on guys that are you know may not play or may underperform. So they, they don't really mean much, but we just do it every year as a fun way to start it off. Agreed. So just quick recap: number one, Jerry; two, Coot; three, Colt. 4D, 5, uh, myself, 6, Jansen, 7, Payton, 8, Chase, 9, Morris, and 10, Greco. Um, just some closing thoughts here. Really excited to get this league going. It feels yeah. like we have the right group of 10 owners. It feels like people are locked in. Greco's back after giving up in week three last year. Uh, Payton is no longer just, like, sad about everything and worried about trading cards. Um, he's back. Morris is locked in. Jansen is like the funniest person in our league now. Um, I don't know how that happened, but he's killing me. Um, and so I'm just excited about it. I think it's going to be a great season. One that will rival the one we had two years ago where it was super competitive. Yeah, I think so. All right, boys. That was a great one. Great recap. We will talk to you in a couple weeks. Let's go. Good luck, everyone.